Welcome to the Lawyerist Podcast with Sam Glover and Aaron Street. Each week, Lawyerist brings you advice and interviews to help you build a more successful law practice in today's challenging and constantly changing legal market. And now, here are Sam and Aaron. Hi, I'm Sam Glover. And I'm Aaron Street, and this is episode 111 of the Lawyerist Podcast, part of the Legal Talk Network. Today, we're talking to Ruth Carter about daring networking. Today's podcast is sponsored by FreshBooks, which is ridiculously easy to use and packed with powerful features. Try it now at freshbooks.com slash lawyerist and enter lawyerist in the how did you hear about us section. Today's podcast is sponsored by Ruby Receptionists, and it's smart, charming receptionists who are perfect for small firms. Visit callruby.com slash lawyerist to get a risk-free trial with Ruby. What if we told you that having a new website designed for your firm doesn't have to suck? Spotlight Branding prides itself on great communication, on meeting deadlines, and on getting results for their clients. Learn more at spotlightbranding.com slash lawyerist. So Aaron, today I'm talking to Ruth Carter, who's going to talk about doing things like a no-pants subway ride and other fun things. That this she... sounds like a really useful podcast for everyone listening. Well, I, so I want to kind of frame it because what we're really talking about is sort of how far do you go in being yourself in public where your clients can see it. And, you know, I've been thinking a little bit about this lately because obviously we have a current president who's very active on social media and does, you know, warts and all, and people seem to forgive him for it. But traditionally, the advice is like, if you ever want to hold public office, keep yourself squeaky clean in public. And, you know, Neil Gorsuch may be the last Supreme Court nominee who really doesn't have much of a trail beyond his opinions. I'm pretty sure the next one will at least have a LinkedIn profile, if not a Facebook profile. And, maybe even some drunk college photos in there. And so Ruth is maybe at the opposite extreme, but uh, it makes me think about the idea of how much of yourself should you show off on social media where your potential clients can see it. Because Ruth Carter is running for president 2032? Yeah, yeah maybe. Yeah. I expect we'll see that. <laughs> <laughs> so what's the answer? Where in the spectrum should lawyers fall? Well, I, you know, I think most lawyers try to present a very professional appearance on social media. And I, I like, I know lots of lawyers who have a professional profile on Facebook and a personal profile on Facebook. More of them use a page now, but this idea that you can have a professional persona and a personal persona and you can keep them separate. But the problem is like, if all you ever do is present your buttoned up tie wearing suit exterior to people and nobody ever sees you let your hair down, I think that just makes you kind of bland and forgettable. Hmm. What if you're a great lawyer? Yeah, I, sure. People care about that. Absolutely. But I, but I, I don't think that I'm not sure that is what makes people make the decision to hire you. So I think it's revealing that we just did our 2017 Best Law Firm Websites contest in the last mm -hmm. couple of weeks. And one of the major criteria there for our panel of judges was the degree to which the sites revealed the personality and personal dynamics of the lawyers at the firm, regardless of what that personality was. Some were bulldogs and some were caring and... There were a wide variety of personalities there, but showing actual humans doing human things right. ends up being an important criteria for marketing and branding. I, th I think that's because, yes, it is important to show that you're a good lawyer, but most people make the decision whether or not to work with somebody based on their emotions. And if you don't show any, whether you're a good lawyer or not, I, th I think there's a good chance that somebody else makes a, what they feel is an emotional connection with another lawyer ended up hiring that person. And so you might as well show who you are. Ruth will make the point later that if somebody sees her doing all the things she does 
and decides not to hire her, then maybe they're jerks she doesn't want as clients anyway. Or maybe they're not jerks, but she probably doesn't want them as clients. Yeah. So if you don't want your lawyer to do no pants parties, Ruth's not the one for you. I think that's right. And she's probably cool with that. I think so. But you could still vote for her for president in 2032. Absolutely. Okay. So we might as well hear from her now. My name is Ruth Carter. I am a licensed attorney in Arizona. I own Carter Law Firm of Counsel to Venduras Law Firm. I focus on business intellectual property, social media law, flash mob law. I've written three best-selling books on legal issues, and I am also a national and international speaker. Welcome, Ruth. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. And I feel like I should add, finally, because I I feel like it's been a problem that I haven't invited you to the podcast before now. So thanks for being here. Yeah, thank you so much. So tell me, you that that's a that's a interesting list of things that you do. Um, and I know that you've had kind of a non traditional career path. So describe for me what the work that you're doing now, and then let's kind of talk about how you wound up there. So. From the outside, my work looks pretty traditional right now in that I work at a firm and I do transactional work and litigation. I also an adjunct professor to Arizona State University's law school and I speak at a variety of conferences on legal issues. What kinds of conferences do you speak at? I, boy, um, whoever pays me is the short answer, but okay. <laughs> um, I, I speak at mostly um, non-legal conferences, so I do a lot of social media conferences. I've done South by Southwest, uh, Blog Pause, Women in Travel Summit, I the Ungagged Conference, and then I've also done like the ABA Tech Show, and I do do uh, some CLEs. And so, uh, what, what size is the firm you work for now? Uh, there are 12 people total, nine attorneys. Cool. But for a while there, you were on your own. And what kind of, what did your law practice look like then? Right. So I went solo right out of the gate, uh, opened in January, 2012. And for the first two years, I had a mailbox at the UPS store and worked from my dining room table. Mm. Um, and did strictly transactional work because I was too afraid to do litigation and you know, business contracts, copyrights, trademarks. Um, and then when you're a solo and just starting out, you have a lot of time. So that's also when I uh, wrote my three books and put a lot of energy into um, my speaking engagements. And uh, what are the names of your three books? Because I know they're some they're pretty interesting subjects. <laughs> Uh, the first one uh, was the legal side of blogging, how not to get sued, fired, arrested, or killed. And that resulted in a double book deal from the ABA. And I wrote Flash Mob Law and the legal side of blogging for lawyers. And those are cool. And it, so I, I should maybe back up and say, um, I was introduced to you, well, you introduced yourself to me uh, after... <laughs> After I came down to Arizona State to speak at the law school, um, while you were still a student, mm-hmm. and uh, it and it's you struck me then, and and you have continued to strike me since as someone who just uh, you're not shy, um, you're fairly outgoing, and and you are uh, you make an impression by just you are you've called yourself the undeniable Ruth, and it's hard to it's hard to get away from that. I mean, you you just you do make an impression. You get out there, and so I thought it might be interesting to talk about kind of how you've used that aspect of your personality as a way to to have interesting hobbies to, to as a networking tool right because you have you take your hobbies you've turned them into 
books you've um, you've gotten out and done them, and it, it it's it makes you fun to follow. But I, I imagine it gets out in front of clients and referral sources, and so I, I guess I just wanted to talk and explore that a little bit. I, I think the first thing I remember uh, is flash mobs, and so I, <laughs> maybe you should start by explaining what flash mobs are. Okay, so flash mobs are the unexpected public shenanigans, like people dancing in the street or not wearing their underwear on the subway, um, you know, doing a living where's Waldo game, fake protests, dressing up like zombies and scaring people along running paths. Um, yeah, these are all, these are all things I have done. I've done, <laughs> I think 20, 22 flash mobs to date. And I started doing them when I was in law school. So I hadn't passed character and fitness yet. And so I knew I had to make sure that when we were doing what we did, that we weren't setting ourselves up to get into trouble. So I started just doing some basic research into the legal do's and don'ts, both as a participant and an organizer, actually did an independent study in law school on the legalities of organizing flash mobs. And it just kind of grew into its own little thing on the flash mobs and pranks and things like that. And I know flash mobs have kind of become a commercial thing now. Like the orchestra will go out and give a flash mob style conference and stuff. Are are non-commercial just hobby flash mobs still a thing or is that kind of died out? Oh, it is for me. I mean, I I can't speak to other (laughs) people, but I mean, I've done at least two in the last year. What were the last two? Uh, The last two, uh, well, the annual No Pants Subway Ride um, is a global event. So I did that one. Um, And I've done that one every year since... 2009. And um, in December, we did a Living Where's Waldo game. So uh, no pants is in uh, nothing on the bottom or underpants? Underpants. You got keep it legal. So yeah, from the waist <laughs> down, you're in underwear and shoes and the waist up totally normal and acting like nothing bizarre is going on. So what are the, some of the surprising like legal issues around flash mobbing that you uncovered? So in law school, they don't really teach us much about criminal law outside of homicide and maybe rape. Mm-hmm. So um, it was when I did a summer internship with the Army JAG that I got to go to uh, spend some time in their police training facility for the military police. And that's where I learned about things like solicitation and conspiracy and some of the more intricacies of um, assault. And then that that inspired me to start digging deeper. And that's when I started learning more about um, littering and writing and just how how small of an infraction it can take to go from just being shenanigans to criminal and things like that. Now, this flash mobs are not it. Um, you, uh, you're also a Trekkie. You were just telling me about um, getting a new Starfleet uniform. Yes. Yes. It arrived in the mail yesterday. I was, I was as giddy as a schoolgirl. As a Trekkie, you, you show up at places like Comic-Con to give talks that are in the neighborhood of law or tell me about that. Oh yeah, um, I'm. I've been invited um, multiple years to speak at Phoenix Comic Con um, on things like comic book creator rights, uh, fan art and fan fiction, and copyright issues. Uh, those are the main things I get to talk about. So um, I. Do you get to really practice great. that law too? Oh in, yeah. In your day to day work. Yes. Very cool. Um, you've also you're also a minimalist. You like to practice minimalist lifestyle, right? Tell me about that. I do. It's really simple. I mean, really, it's about having things in your life, um, whether it's physical objects or where you spend your time or who you affiliate with that add value. So 
Um, when I first, of course, I started with the physical stuff. And when I moved to my condo, um, I put all my stuff in boxes and then I didn't unpack. And for, I think like nine, 10 weeks, I only unpacked what I needed when I needed it. And then after that 10 weeks, uh, whatever was still in boxes went away because if I didn't need it for, you know, three, almost three months, I probably didn't need it. Is it in storage or have you sold it? I, I just gave it away. I just, you know, called up the, I think I gave it away to like the Humane Society's thrift store. So... So do you know how many things you own? Like, I know some people are like, I will only own a hundred things or whatever. Right. No, I, I'm not one of those. Um, <laughs> I, I'm not dissing it, you know, I, but I, I don't feel the need to sit around and count my stuff. So, gotcha. um, but if I'm going to purchase something, um, I, I have nothing against consumerism because you know, we all, we all need things to stay alive, but I'm very thoughtful about what I'm buying and why I'm buying it. And yeah. That's just kind of how it, it, it works. So Aaron and I have had some conversations recently on the podcast um, and, and outside of the podcast about how how your hobbies and your niche can become part of uh, your marketing campaign. And uh, I thought that might be interesting to explore with you who, have some, who has some unusual hobbies, um, some very cool unusual hobbies. And, uh, and you, you, that they are very much part of who you are and what you do. And you've managed to use them as a way to get exposure. It, it makes you an, a very interesting person to talk to in a room full of strangers. Um, and, and I'm kind of curious, is it, have, have you tried to be strategic about that in any way? Or do you just wear your geeklawfirm.com t-shirt to everywhere you go and, and that's it? Sometimes I'm strategic about it. So uh, like as you were talking, the couple things that came to mind was um, when somebody goes to an event and they see that the lawyer named Ruth is is coming to speak, they tend to assume that I'm an old stuffy Jewish woman. Mm -hmm. And so um, what somebody started saying to me or saying about me is like, yeah, you know, this lawyer's coming, but don't worry. She's not that kind of lawyer. So <laughs> I actually had business cards made um, that on the front, all it has on it is my name. And underneath it, it says not that kind of lawyer. <laughs> and on the back, it has all my, you know, contact information that we're that you, know, you need to have to have a functioning business card. Um, so nice. I have those. Um, one year, instead of sending holiday cards around Thanksgiving, Christmas, I waited three months and had custom printed postcards made to commemorate the future birthday of Captain Kirk and sent those out instead. I think I got and, one of those. <laughs> yes, you did get one. I was thinking like, wait, I think Sam that was awesome. Like, See? And, it's, and people still like have it up on their walls versus, yeah. you know, how many holiday cards from this last Christmas do you still have up? <laughs> exactly. Um, and then I was just thinking, um, I actually had new postcards made, um, just ones for everyday use uh, last year end of 2015. Um, I also, one of my other hobbies is I'm also a model. And one of my photographer friends did this really cool composite of me um, that with a stationary camera. And I kept changing my outfit and changing my pose. And then he, then he combined them all. So it's this setting of me uh, with 13 of me in one, in, in one view. Um, yeah. and so like, and what if I'm doing, like, I'm like telling a joke to myself and taking a picture of myself playing a quartet with myself. And so I took this great composite and I turned that into my postcard. You strike me as an extroverted person. Do I have that right? No, 
On, really? On the contrary, I am severely introverted. I love to perform. Um, well, that's what that's what I had in mind, and and I get that yeah. performance is not the same thing as working a room, right? Performance, you're really alone in front of a crowd. Right. And, and selectively with people, it's, I'm outgoing, but I, last week I got to do a talk for a bunch of design students at ASU on business formation, basic contracts, and a little bit of IP issues. I got to take my dog with me, which was awesome. (laughs) And afterwards I just like went home and was exhausted because it's, it was, it's fun to do, but it is draining. And, And maybe, maybe talking about introvert, extrovert is not even the point of, of, uh, what I'm getting at. Um, I, so I have a hobby. Uh, I, I love to go winter camping. I, mm-hmm. I, I just got done telling you that I can't go um, this in a couple of days after this podcast recording because it's going to be so warm for the first time in Minnesota that um, it would be, I'd be walking through lakes on top of lakes, but uh, on top of frozen lakes. One of the things that makes it easier for me to go out to networking events is I always know that at worst, I just bring up the subject of winter camping and automatically I'm going to be answering questions for a half an hour about winter camping mm-hmm. uh, because I have this hobby that is, it's interesting, I guess, enough to people. Most people have been camping or they, or they have thoughts about being outside and sleeping in the cold. <laughs> and so um, it seems like something that we, I always have a half an hour of stuff to talk about, which makes it easier to network. And you have like five of those things. Uh, so that make it easy to go out and network, right? It does. And are are we allowed to swear on your podcast? Uh, As much as you like. Okay. So when I go to networking events, which I'll admit is not very often anymore, um, Mm -hmm. but when when you have to fill out your own name tag, instead of writing my firm's name underneath my name, I just write, I'm fucking awesome. And <laughs> that will even, and that will, and that's a great way to people to like self-select. Either they're like, I want to talk to you or they're like, yeah, you're not my people. Yeah. Or, or they're like, come on, prove it. And you're like, um, I ride the subway without pants. And they're right. like, okay. It, yeah. Fair. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that makes sense. And then you, and you always have things to talk about that people are interested in. And so you can, you can kind of keep a conversation moving. Exactly. So we're going to take a few minutes to hear from our sponsors. And when we come back, um, I, I want to explore the various flavors of geekdom and talk a little bit more about what it means to sort of uh, represent the legal community as a member of a tribe or represent your tribe as a lawyer. So we'll be back in a minute. So you're racing against the clock to wrap up three client projects, prepping for a meeting later in the afternoon, all while trying to tackle a mountain of paperwork. Welcome to modern life as a small firm lawyer. The working world has changed. With the growth of the internet, there's never been more opportunities for the self-employed. To meet this need, FreshBooks is excited to announce the launch of an all-new version of their cloud accounting software. It's been redesigned from the ground up and custom-built for exactly the way you work. Get ready for the simplest way to be more productive, organized, and most importantly, get paid quickly. The all-new FreshBooks is not only ridiculously easy to use, it's also packed full of powerful features. Create and send professional-looking invoices in less than 30 seconds, set up online payments with just a couple of clicks, and get paid up to four days faster. See when your client has seen your invoice and put an end to the guessing games. FreshBook is offering a 30-day unrestricted free trial to our listeners. To claim it, just go to freshbooks.com lawyerist and enter lawyerist in the how did you hear about us section. This podcast is supported by Ruby Receptionists. As a matter of fact, Ruby answers our phones at Lawyerist, and my firm was a paying Ruby customer before that. Here's what I love about Ruby. 
When I'm in the middle of something, I hate to be interrupted, so when the phone rings, it annoys me, and that often carries over into the conversation I have after I pick up the phone. Which is why I'm better off not answering my own phone. Instead, Ruby answers the phone, and if the person on the other end asks for me, a friendly, cheerful receptionist from Ruby calls me and asks if I want them to put the call through. It's a buffer that gives me a minute to let go of my annoyance and be a better human being during the call. If you want to be a better human being on the phone, give Ruby a try. Go to callruby.com slash lawyerist to sign up, and Ruby will waive the $95 setup fee. If you aren't happy with Ruby for any reason, you can get your money back during your first three weeks. I'm pretty sure you'll stick around, but since there is no risk, you might as well try. Most solo and small firm lawyers have had at least one truly miserable experience with a web designer or internet marketing company. So if the idea of launching a new website for your law firm makes you queasy, our friends at Spotlight Branding get it. At Spotlight Branding, they pride themselves in excellent communication with their clients. They are responsive, professional, respectful, and deliver what they tell you they are going to deliver. Spotlight Branding works exclusively with solo and small law firms. Services include law firm website design, email newsletter management, social media marketing, and more all designed to make your law practice more profitable. Visit spotlightbranding.com slash lawyerist to see how they can help your firm stand out from the crowd without the headaches. So Ruth, a few podcasts ago, we had a, a lawyer on who does fitness law. And Aaron pointed out that that's, there's no such thing as fitness law. You just made that up. Mm-hmm. Um, what he is, is he's a fitness enthusiast who is friends with a lot of other fitness enthusiasts, and he is their lawyer. And so I'm wondering how many clients that you've had over the years have come out of riding the subway without pants or joining flash mobs or going to comic conventions and or doing Trekkie talks and things like that. Like how much crossover is there between your hobbies and your profession? I don't know about crossover because there really is no place where me, the person ends and me, the professional begins. So it's all me. So I mm-hmm. definitely get clients from, yeah, from flash mobs, from speaking, from being involved in community activities. It's definitely part of just what happens. It's hard to talk about that as a, as a marketing strategy because it's just who you are hanging out with people you want to be with. Uh, right. I guess. Right. That's exactly it. Like if you're, if you're a, you know, a soccer parent and you happen to also do divorce law, uh, when your friend has a friend who's getting a divorce and needs a lawyer, who are they going to call? They're going to call their buddy because they like him as a person. And I think that's what's missing as part to a degree in the legal community is that people forget that people hire people. And so that's what you've got to you know, do first is just be you and the rest tends to fall into place. Well, speaking of um, being you, so, you know, right now, nerds who are, uh, or geeks who are like superhero geeks and comic book geeks are very much in style. Um, you know, Marvel is making the biggest movies repeatedly. Um, mm-hmm. I am not a comic book geek. And w- so that has me kind of thinking about um, flavors of geek. So you're a Trekkie. That's one of your flavors of geek. And you're sort of a, and you're a, um, an improv performer, mm-hmm. right? Do you, I mean, do you get what I'm saying? Like that there are sort of different flavors of geek? Oh, yeah. I mean, if you go to something like a Comic-Con, you're going to see, you know, you're going to see like a subsection of the geek world. But then even within that, there's subsections. I remember my first time going, I knew so little of what I was actually seeing. I'd see all these crazy costumes and my friends who are versed in comic books and things like, you know, things that I'm not totally knew what they were seeing. And I'm like, yeah, I don't get it. Because I've never been to a Comic-Con because I'm intimidated by it. And because comic is not part of what I part of the the my geekiness, you know, I'm a, I'm a bookworm. 
Um, mm-hmm. I've read like all the Tarzan books. I've read all of the John Carter of Mars books. I've, you know, I've just read so much crappy sci-fi and fantasy and that's where my geeky shows out. Mm-hmm. Um, but so I don't go to comic cons cause I'm intimidated by the comic book geekness. Uh, but I'm wondering like are, are geeks all, all of one stripe? Like we all work together or is it just different kind of clicks? I, I, it's a little bit of both. It's, there are different veins, but to a degree, I think because we all are used to being like misfits and we're all you, I mean, you know, in like, Basically, like high school, back before like you know comics were cool. You know, we were the ones that got like the weird looks, and that you know going home and playing with your chemistry set was weird. Um, versus, <laughs> you know, being a a cheerleader or into theater or something. Maybe in our time was more you know quote unquote traditional. Um, so we, I think there's the there's the understanding that that it's okay to be different, no matter what that is, as long as you're being respectful of the other person's thing whatever that happens to be i guess part of me is wondering like do you get to do you get to really be a geek if you didn't have that ostracism as a child like i got stuffed in trash cans routinely in junior high so like that's my geek cred (laughs) (laughs) and i'm wondering like if you're if you've never known what it's like to be um an ostracized geek who gets picked on do you actually get to count i don't know I think um, you do because I think there. Are, I bet there are some people out there who who were maybe more mainstream and didn't get shoved into trash cans, but maybe they felt like they had to hide their comic book reading from their friends out of fear, and so they were they had to keep it quiet. That's probably true. This has been a uh, I, I, this is a total digression from anything related to law <laughs> practice, obviously, but but I uh, for whatever reason it's been on my mind. What what advice would you give for somebody who is trying to think strategically? about law practice and marketing uh, and isn't sure whether or not they want to put themselves out there. And, and maybe we can, you know, it's be your authentic self. Lots of people think they need to mute that authentic self or they need to be a certain type of professional in public. What would you say to somebody who's just not sure whether or not they ought to put them, put it all out there? Oh, I, I will say that once you put something out there, you can never take it back. So, I mean, at least if it's <laughs> on the internet where everything is true. Um, so you do have to be mindful that, you know, there are certain bells you can't unring. So, um, which I think is kind of funny because when I was, when I was invited to join Venturus and some of the people here are very conservative, uh, nothing against it, but conservative. And they said, we want you to join the firm. My first thought was, did you not Google me up? Cause there is some weird <laughs> stuff out there. Um, and I'll, if you can find it, I'll own it, but I won't necessarily bring it up in every situation. Um, yeah. but at the same time, I, I went to law school because of a career change. I wasn't happy um, being a mental health therapist anymore. And so I didn't invest three years and at least 60 grand in an education to do a, to be in a, in another career where I was unhappy. So, so for me, that means I have to be who I am. And if you, if that's a turnoff to you, oh, that's fine. Self-select out. Um, because, you know, if we're not a good fit for each other, I don't want to, I don't want to work with you either. So that's kind of my take on that. I just like from a marketing perspective, if you, if you do you and connect and are connected to a community of people, like, you know, humans, and I, I'm not dissing people who live behind their computers, but, um, there is, there is value to, to in-person connections and people just know what you do and just being a lawyer, um, 
you're going to start getting those questions of, hey, do you know someone who can help me with XYZ, whether that's something you do or you give a good referral, you're going to create the network that's going to lead to business. That's At least that's been my experience, knock on wood. Um, that's working for me. You know, it when you were talking, it reminded me of how I used to feel about asking someone on a date to how I learned to feel later in life. You know, like in, in high school or junior high, there was this girl, Lee Sackowitz. It, I, if she's a lawyer and listening to this, I'm going to turn red if she tells me. But like in fifth grade, I had a, just an enormous crush on Lee Sackowitz. And and we were having the, the, the school square dance was coming up. And uh, the boys, because this was, you know, Virginia whatever, however many years ago. So it was very chauvinistic. But so the boys picked a name out of the hat and the boys got to decide to pick their date or they could just say pass and then they would, a name would be drawn from the hat. And, um, and I was like the, the second guy who got to pick and Lee Sackowitz hadn't gotten picked yet. And I was too shy to say her name. And instead I said, put my name in the hat. And like, and my today me would be like, dude, like you're, you're never going to get that chance again. Take it. And mm-hmm. to a certain extent, when lawyers are suppressing who they are to present, you know, a, a polished and often kind of bland, whitewashed version of themselves out there, it reminds me of shy little Sam, you know, being too shy to say the name of the girl he wanted to dance with. And uh, I mean, it didn't help that I could see her crossing her fingers and saying, no, please don't pick me. But um <laughs> <laughs> but you know and 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 the the today me would be like ah screw it like ask what's the worst that can happen um they say no well then big deal it, it's it's not going to work if one person doesn't want it so give it a try and that sounds like kind of what you're saying is if if you want a lawyer who is me pick me and if not oh well no lo- no loss really we aren't going to get along well exactly and i one of the things i like to do like my 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 rule is if I'm in a situation and I'm not sure what the right thing to do is, I think, how do I want to look back on this situation a year from now? I love that. Like give yourself some perspective. Exactly. Do I want to tweet at Sam and tell him how awesome he is and hope that he <laughs> likes it? Which I could totally tell the story of the day we met. Um, and, or do I want to just be the person like sitting there? I remember sitting there thinking like, this guy is so cool because you were a blogger. I was Aww. a new blog. I was a new blogger. I remember watching you thinking this has this, I need to make this guy my new best friend. Um, and I could have just thought that or I could have done something about it. And you did. You stomped did. right up to me and said, hey, how's it going? So. Well, first I, first, I tweeted it, first I tweeted at you and then I followed you on LinkedIn yeah. and, I followed you, and I found lawyers on Facebook and then I walked out. Then I could walk up to you. <laughs> <laughs> well, and it works. I mean, I, you know, I, I, I try to have that perspective too. I, at the last Clio Cloud, Cloud Conference, Gary Vaynerchuk talked about this too. And he said, look, if you're doing your best to appear what you think is professional, then you're no different from any other characterless law firm and lawyer out there. There's, there's absolutely nothing to, to help anybody choose you over somebody else, which is a exactly. damn good point. You know, yeah. be, if you can, if you can interject your personality into your, into your, the persona that you give to the world, then people can at least say, Hey, that seems more like a lawyer with some life in them that I'd like to hire. So exactly. And I've had people reach out to me and say, like, I want to hire you, or I thought this was so cute. Uh, some Somebody recommended me to their dad and said, you're going to like this <laughs> lawyer, she swears. <laughs> there you go. That sounds about right. You kind of alluded to this, maybe. Um, have you experienced any negative repercussions? Yeah, 
I've had, I mean, I've had people say, like, if, like as, a, as a professional speaker, I've had people say that they didn't like my talk or that I swore too much. I don't, I'm trying to think if I've had, ever had anybody, like, not hire me. Do you have haters? I wouldn't go that far. I think there are people out there who are, you know, not a fan, and that's okay. There's plenty of people out there I'm not a fan of, so uh, I think everybody has, you know, that. That's that's okay. Um, but I'm not. I don't think I've had that much backlash. And if I, so if there are people who are hating on me, they're they're not being very loud about it. So, um, you know, which I think, I guess in our industry, it's like, you know, you go with someone you trust and someone you like, and you don't really worry about the people you're not hiring. I guess another aspect of this that I've been thinking about sort of in respect to politics is we've become a lot more forgiving because so much, I think people have become more forgiving about, not about policies, but about um, what people might have done that is available on the internet, because so much of all of our lives is available on the internet right now. Like going and erasing all of your tracks isn't really practical, but also, um, you know, everybody's going to have pictures of themselves um, doing something out there, unless maybe you're a Supreme Court justice who's been planning for it their whole lives. It seems to me that we've gotten a bit more forgiving of that sort of a thing, and people are used to seeing personalities, and what nobody wants to see is a lifeless law firm out there. So maybe people are just willing to accept that they're getting a better picture. If nothing else, they're getting a better picture of who you are, even if they ultimately conclude you're not the right lawyer for them. I think you're right. I think I think people have like their one or two you know things that that are the deal breakers, um, but then are much more forgiving or just not caring about some of the other stuff. Maybe maybe this is a way for me to make the, uh, the discussion about what kind of geeks we are uh, relevant, is there are definitely a lot of common hobbies that really aren't all that interesting to talk about or to do and have the effect of making you look bland even if you talk about them, I think. For example, I have two kids and we do kid things. And one of my biggest hobbies right now is hanging out with my kids uh, and my wife and doing family things. And there's not, nobody really wants to hear me go on and on about my amazing daughters. Um, but I will <laughs> at length and in detail if I, if I get a half a chance. I, I wonder if golf is like that. Like everybody golfs uh, at some point in their middle age. Well, mostly white men, I suppose. Everybody is. <laughs> <laughs> white dudes uh, at some point around middle age mostly start golfing. And th- maybe that's interesting to talk to with other golfers, but it's not the kind of thing that distinguishes you in any way. Um, it's a totally sort of boring hobby, really. And and I wonder if maybe the if, if you're sitting here reflecting, well, there isn't much about me that is daring and outgoing and interesting like uh, like Ruth has. Um, maybe it's time to reflect on what your hobbies are and, and try to come up with some new things, you know, go travel in Europe for a month or something, and then you'll have something more to talk about. I don't know. I don't know. I kind of, I look at that. I mean, I, I hear what you're saying. And I guess if someone's in that, in that space where they're questioning that, I would ask or them. Or if they're like, if you're worried that you aren't a very interesting person. Right. And I may ask, okay, why do you do, why do you do what you do in your spare time? Um, because. I can totally support someone being passionate about something that I would find extremely boring. Um, but listening to someone else geek out about it, like, you, you know, you're not there to convince me that why you love it. You know, you love winter camping, you know, good on you. I, you're not getting me out there, but I can. <laughs> Says the girl from Phoenix. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I can totally enjoy somebody else's 
enjoyment. So even you were saying like, oh, like I, you know, I, you enjoy spending time with your family. I, 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 I am not somebody who has any aspirations to procreate. Um, but <laughs> I went to the Dad 2.0 Summit, which is this Dad Blogger Conference. And had this great time watching these guys like totally geek out about being dads and uh, and what it means to them to be an involved parent and the challenges they face and things like things that I had never thought about. So just because it's mainstream doesn't mean it's not interesting. Um, and I, I got involved with a group called Ignite Phoenix, which is all about people talking about their passions in five minute increments and listening to people geek out about things I could care less about is, is fine. And so I think if, if it's something that you love, you know, you know, let that freak flag fly, whatever that may be for you. I mean, I suppose now, I mean, now that you've mentioned that, like if your, if your geek thing is tax law, then spend your time talking about how awesome the tax code is really. I mean that, and, and mm-hmm. show that enthusiasm and wear that for your flag. And, and if you can make the tax code interesting, um, or even if you can make other people see how interesting you find it, um, maybe that can be your thing. Yeah, I mean, I would want to hire a CPA who loves who thinks the tax code is cool. You know, you don't have to tell, you don't have to give me a lecture about it. Just, just do my taxes. <laughs> Absolutely. But someone who's happy with what they're doing, it shows. You don't have to have um, daring and outrageous hobbies. No. Uh, you just have to, um, you just have to geek out about something and find a way to let people know because that enthusiasm is really the infectious piece. That makes a lot of sense to me. Well, and I mean, we all have that platform. It's called the bio on our website. If you just add like that one liner of like your hobbies, (laughs) I bet when someone reads it, they're going to see that. And that that could be the reason that they hire you, or at least they call you is that, Hey, you're, you know, you're a super Red Sox fan. I, you know, me too. Or, you know, I love baseball or whatever. I can't wait to see the user bios or the, the lawyer bios that we see next year in our websites <laughs> contest that have taken advantage of your advice. <laughs> Ruth, thank you so much for being with us here today and taking time off from your many um, amazing hobbies. And uh, I hope we'll have you on the podcast again soon. And I look forward to spending some time at TBD Law with you. Oh, I can't wait for TBD Law. It's going to be great. See you then. Make sure to catch next week's episode of The Lawyerist Podcast. If you'd like more information about today's show, please visit lawyerist.com slash podcast or legaltalknetwork.com. You can subscribe via iTunes or anywhere podcasts are found. Both Lawyerist and The Legal Talk Network can be found on Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn, and you can download the free app from Legal Talk Network in Google Play or iTunes. The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of, nor are they endorsed by Legal Talk Network. Nothing said during this podcast is legal advice.